Welcome to Conversations and Collaboration, a podcast where two teachers get together to discuss our teaching practices, what we did right, where we can improve, and our critiques of the current education system's policies and practices. I'm Monice, a sixth grade special education teacher of math and science. I currently teach and reside in Metro Atlanta. And I am Justin Brown. I am a fifth grade math and science teacher in rural Georgia. Today is July 12th, and this is our very first podcast episode. We promise to be transparent, unedited, and brief. Our goal is 30 minutes of quality conversation and collaboration. For today's episode, I wanted to ask Justin two very specific questions regarding our favorite subject of math. These questions were posed to my PD cohort by Dr. Goldie Muhammad, an assistant professor at Georgia State University. They really made me rethink math and what I strive to do in this work. So if Justin is ready, I'm going to ask him the first question. Okay. All right. First question, Justin, what is mathematics? How would you describe Hmm. mathematics to me or anybody else? Okay. Um, That is a really good question. That is something I probably have, I haven't had to really grapple with. Um, But if I had to, well, first, I typically, we probably would define mathematics as, you know, the study of numbers, maybe geometry, um, algebra, algebra, and all those other things. But if I had to describe mathematics to you, particularly in my situation, I would, or how I see mathematics, I see it as more so um, how do we help students to um, build structures within the math we give them? How do we help them um, to reason uh, with the math that they do? So, and how do they look for the relationships with the math that they do? I, I see, because I, I, because I see math as an everyday thing, I see, we see it in everything that we do. So how do we get students to relate or how, how do we get students to relate um, math that they see inside of school to what they see outside of the school? Okay. So let me be honest with you. Um, let's see, what's today? Sunday. So Friday is when I watched the video that Dr. Muhammad sent to the cohort and she asked that question and I froze because I've never thought about, um, how I would define math. No one has ever asked me to define math, even though I teach math, no one has ever asked me or challenged me to define math. So I said, oh, I'm going to come back to that one. So I finished watching the video, but I couldn't I couldn't really focus on what else she was saying in the video because I was stuck on how am I teaching math and I don't know how to describe it. So I paused the video because I'm going to give you the second question in a second. But I paused the video and I started working on the second question that she gave us. But as of today, I still don't have a definition for math. Like if I if my students came in the first week and I explained, OK, I'm going to be your math teacher this year and this is what math is I don't have anything yet so I have like three weeks where I where I can spend time and sit down and really think about how I want to 
um, define math for my students. And then I'm going to have them define math too. Mm-hmm. So do you have any thoughts on that? And when you asked me that question, um, like I had to think about it mm-hmm. because I can't, I, I can't give a a mathematics. Um, so I, I I totally agree with what you're saying. Is that you're gonna have to grapple with it for about three weeks uh, before you actually come up with how will you define mathematics for you, and how will you ask your students to define it as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I and I and I really believe that. You know, teachers K twelve, even it over into um, post secondary, should really think about what is mathematics. That is that is a a really really thoughtful question. It is, and when she said it, I was like, "Oh, Doctor Muhammad, why are you why are you challenging me like this? <laughs> what what are you doing to me?" But as you were just talking, I made some notes. So I think what I'm going to do is that first week is I'm either going to have them draw pictures or make a collage to show me what they think math is. Okay. That way those, those who are um, less reluctant to write, they're going to have an opportunity to show me in a different way. Like t- explain to me, if you had to tell me, say if I was an alien and I came to this planet and you had to explain to me what math was, what would you tell me? I think that's what I'm going to do. So are you ready for the second question? Yes. All right. The second question is what is the purpose of math? What is the purpose of math? Mm-hmm. I think about my uncle, my great uncle. Um, he was a longtime mathematics teacher, and one of his favorite sayings is math is beautiful and math is in everything. Um, So that brings me back to what I said in the first part. We see math in everything that we do. Um, So there's not one, you know, set purpose. There are many purposes for math. Some people tied into uh, particular careers. Some people read. Um, I, I, I was a a good percentage of the jobs in America that require mathematics. Hmm. I mean, it, 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 to me, it's math has a really, really, it has a very high purpose um, because it's in, it's in everything. Mm-hmm. It's in everything. And, And I see why um, why people are afraid of math because we haven't always really fully explained the purpose of it. Mm-hmm. We 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 always tell you know, hey, this is what you're doing this year, um, but we don't we don't tie in, you know, what are the benefits of it, right? It's just the progression. Okay. In fifth grade, you did this. And now in sixth grade, you're going to do this. And I'm going to teach you this in sixth grade because in seventh grade, you're going to do this, but we're not really, we're not really, the only connection we're making is 
connecting it to what they're going to do the next year. Right. And we're not, and we're not, we're not like, we're not drawing out on that connection because we really got to do better at showing kids how they are already using a lot of the math that they're doing every mm -hmm. day. We just right. have to, sh we have to like break it down and say, you're already doing this. Here's like five examples of how you're already doing this. Exactly. I don't think, I don't think we do enough of that. I mean, let me rephrase that. We're doing a little bit of that, but it's like, um, it's like a snapshot. So for example, we have performance tasks that we're supposed to do at the end of every unit for math, right? Right. But that's after we try to force the kids to learn math through an algorithm. Even though we know all kids can't get it that way, we're forcing them to learn through an algorithm. And then at the end of the unit, we're going to have you try to remember everything and put it all together to show that you actually can do it. So they get these little these little scenarios where it, it's real world stuff, but I don't think the real world stuff should start at the end of the unit. I think it should start at the beginning of the unit to draw them in and then show them or tell them, I'm going to show you how you do this every single day. And then you need to embed it throughout the entire unit. You shouldn't wait until for performance task to say, see, this is what you did. Right. I, I, I totally agree. And, and when we wait those five or six weeks mm -hmm. to finally give them that, that real world uh, scenario for those four weeks, you have tuned them out because you, you've done nothing but drill, drill, drill without any real life application. So think about if you would have embedded that performance task at the beginning of the unit and you, and you've worked through it, you have given them, well, one, you have kind of sort of worked them into becoming independent learners because, Hey, this is something that, that I know about it. I have an experience with it. Um, so I perhaps could, lead in so many ways I, I i think we cheapen um the effort so many times because we we're not giving the kids what they they truly need mm -hmm. in order to make the math connect does that make sense to you yep and and the thing with um i think we talked about this before but introducing the performance task at the beginning and so just let, but layering it, don't give them the whole, well, give them the whole thing, show it to them and say, you know, this might look challenging to you now, but I promise you every day we're going to work towards ending up here at the end of the unit. And you're going to see how everything that we do, um, how it's like a puzzle, it all fits together so that I can take you from day one to day 35 or however many days I spend on unit one. Because I right. wanted to all connect for them. I agree. So now let me share with you what I wrote down for the purpose of math. And I did not write complete sentences because that's not how I think. I think in like bullet points. So let me just share what I wrote. So I wrote the purpose of math is to ask questions, solve problems, create alternative solutions. Um, math also helps you identify your strengths and weaknesses, just like any other discipline. But the, the thing I like about math is that 
you get better and you can build your perseverance. And one of the things that I did this past year was I shared with my students how in fifth grade, I struggled with long division. Like I was always the last person to get finished with like the morning warm up. We had problems on the board that we had to do. And I was always the last person almost every single day to get done. And some days I didn't get done. And some days I got them wrong. Mm-hmm. So I like to share that with them because I want them to understand that walking into my sixth grade class, I don't expect you to know everything. I don't even expect you to know 10% of what I'm going to teach you because if you already know it, then I, there's no reason for me to be here. Right. Um, but I also want them to understand that this is where we come to learn and we get to make mistakes and a mistake is not a bad thing. A mistake means that you're on the road to figuring out what it is you're going to learn. Hmm. So that's why I like math because you know, yes, math is, you know, you have a wrong answer if you didn't do it right. But the good thing about math is you can erase it and start all over and keep going and you can keep practicing until you get better at it. So I can't define math yet, but I can tell, I can tell you the purpose, what, what I think the purpose of math is. Mm-hmm. And perseverance is important because not only is it important in math, but it's important in everything. Right. Just because you don't get it right the first time or the third time or the fifth time, it doesn't mean you won't get it right the next time. And and to add on to that, um, so many kids close their mind to math. I, this is just something I perhaps theorize or... Um, they haven't been given a space to make those mistakes Mm -hmm. because if they get worked back and you know, well, I got a 30, so well, I must not be good in math. So I'm going to internalize that. So the next thing that I do, I'm not even going to push myself. Mm -hmm. So we definitely have to give students across the board, the, the space to mess up. Mm -hmm. Um, and we also have to be honest in our in our feedback as well to students. It just can't be a, a number on a piece of paper uh, without accompanying, hey, see me after class. Um, you know, let's discuss how can we walk through this problem together. Mm-hmm. And so many times students are cheated out of that effort um, from, from some teachers. Mm-hmm. And we have to be better at that. Yeah, and I know with me, like, I gave a lot of papers back with handwritten stuff on it. What happened here? Oh, you forgot to, or remember you got to do, I mean, I, I, and granted, I have smaller classes, but I still took the time to write notes on the stuff that I gave back, and they they have to correct it. It's not just, oh, I'm going to take this 60 and not worry about it. No, because I want to see you. Um, I want to see you come back to it. I want to see you work at it so so you can figure out, okay, this is where I went wrong. Oh, mm-hmm. I see here. I forgot to bring the decimal straight down and I accidentally moved it over. Oh, now I see what I did wrong. I, I added when I should have subtracted or something like that because I want them to see that. Because again, as they're doing the work, not only is their mind working, but their hand is working and they're remembering 
what they have to do. See, I'd rather I'd rather focus on that than focus on algorithms because an algorithm is just something you're supposed to memorize. Right. But when you're when you're and I t- I call it self talk in my class. I say when you're self talking, and I tell them I don't care if you say the steps out loud. Ask yourself, what is what is this problem here telling me I need to do? What looks familiar here? Mm-hmm. Do I remember? Miss Seward showing us how to do this. And if you remember me showing you, then you have to ask yourself, okay, now what do I need to do? Okay, how do I know I need to do that? Okay, and then what comes next? Because when I'm up at the board demonstrating, I ask those same questions to my students out loud. Right. I said, tell me what's going on here. Tell me what this is. Okay, so tell me what we need to do. What's the first step? And they have to t- they have to tell me out loud what the first step is. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, this is how you work through problems. You have to either in your head or whisper it to yourself, but you have to say these things so that you can remember. I said, I do it too. I still do it. Yes, I love math and I'm decent at math, but I also talk myself through things as well. Just because I do it a little bit faster than you, that doesn't mean that I'm not doing it. Right. I- I totally agree. And like you said, um, and we mess so many students up because we force them to quickly learn an algorithm. Mm-hmm. And and we don't ask them to reason through um, problems. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so I can say in the past two years, I've been more conscious about avoiding the step-by-step mathematics and mm. and truly trying to set up a space where students can can bear the bear their own thoughts on a problem we may do how did you reason through this and most of the time you're gonna have half of the class that did it one way and another half that did it another way mm-hmm. so the space had the, the space should be there for students to um, reason through problems based on what they know, mm-hmm. and we're just and honestly, we're just merely facilitating what's That's going it. on. And That's it. and and a problem most of the time, a lot of teachers want to be the center of attention mm-hmm. <laughs> in the classroom, and it's it's it should not be that way at all. And that's a good point because I joke with my students. I'm like, I'll look at them and be like, don't y'all get tired of hearing me talk? I'm like, I want to get you to a point where you take over because I don't want it to be Miss Seward is always up talking. I want, I want you to be comfortable in not just not just working independently, but I want you to be comfortable with with struggling. I want you to be comfortable with struggling because you are going you are going to struggle. Right. And it's okay. Struggle is normal. Struggle is normal. So um and it took me a long time to to get them to the point where they even wanted to work in groups. I could not get them to work in groups for a long time. And, you know, everybody's always talking about oh stations and group work and I'm just sitting there like I have a completely different group of kids than y'all do. Kids who um, are hesitant to talk or write because they either have speech um, 
impairments or they have dyslexia where they struggle with writing and putting things on paper. So it's like, and I finally said, okay, listen, <laughs> I said, let's just do a couple of things as a group. And I said, the next time we have something, you can work independently, you can work with a partner, or you can work with more than one person. Mm -hmm. I said, but we just got to get through the group because I'm, I am promise you, it may seem like a punishment, but it's not really. I'm just trying to get you used to what you're going to have to do everywhere else you go. And even when you go to work, you're going to have to work with people that you really don't want to work with. I said, but I'm trying to help you get to the point where you can at least get through it. But the, when we turned the corner was when I started using those Tarja puzzles. And they had to go out in the hallway because they needed the space. Right. When I start giving out those Tarja puzzles that I laminated on, on bright color paper and start giving them to them, they were excited about those. Mm -hmm. They were excited because they got to actually work with stuff. And it wasn't just like, like a performance task where you're reading something and you have to just sit there and do all these calculations. I mean, the Tarja puzzles, they still had to calculate, but it was different. Right. It was different. And they really liked doing it. So what I did was I made extra copies and I would start sending them home for homework. Go home and practice. That's a good idea. Go home and practice. Because you know what? That's, that's, it's not a worksheet. Nope. And it's literally something a whole family could do at home. Yep. Especially the parents who'd be like, okay, they, like my parents, my like my Hispanic parents, they would they would um, send me a message sometimes. I'm like, well, what's for homework? Sometimes we didn't have it. Sometimes we had a few problems to do to review. But this year coming up, the homework can be a Tarsha puzzle, and they can keep it at home. And when you work through it, take a picture of it and send it to me. That's your homework. Yeah. They I'm ain't like even got to bring them back. Just take a picture of it and send it to me. That's your homework. And, and you know what? And it and and they should have as much time as they need to yep. work on it as well. Yep. Um, they get to keep them. Yeah. Keep it at home. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I love that idea. Please let me let me write that down. <laughs> suggestion. <laughs> yep. So that's that's one of my things. Um, but yeah, so you know, and I and I I read the, the ideas on Twitter. I'm like, that's a good idea, however, because again. My lens is um, the special education teacher's lens. Right. And when I, as soon as I see something, I immediately think of the accommodations that I have to make. I'm like, okay, who might struggle with this? Or who might find a challenge with this? Mm -hmm. I mean, the stuff is good, but it's just that it's not, um, it's not very inclusive. So I have to be mindful of that. And so while somebody might have like 30 resources for math, I might only have five because I'm very picky about what I want to bring into my classroom um, for my students. Because I'm, like you said before, when I talked to you about trying to keep up with the pacing guide and the standards, you said quality over quantity and just focus on what's on the Common Core website. Mm -hmm. So I think if I do that and stick with the tried and true resources that I have, I may look at some other stuff, but I'm definitely sticking with the tried and true stuff that I have. Right. I think, I think we're going to be okay this year. And 
And now that I've already decided I'm not going to try to keep up with the pacing guide because I'm not doing algorithms for my students. Um, I think this is going to be an okay year, despite the fact that we're coming back after a pandemic or we're still in the middle of a pandemic, but I think we're going to be okay this year. I, and, I, and, and, and I think we do have the flexibility because Georgia is trying to get a waiver for testing. Mm-hmm. So we won't be bound to teaching everything up to spring break. Right. And, you know, after spring break, you have two weeks of review, but you can actually mm-hmm. go all the way into May doing what's on the, the standards list for your grade level. Just teaching. Yes. Just let us just, teach. Just let <laughs> us teach for a whole year. Let us teach for a whole year. Right. And I, and I think testing needs to go statewide testing should go to the back burner for probably about three years. Um, mm-hmm. Because there was uh, recent research from uh, NWEA that said the, the, the slide from summer would be greater in math than it would be reading. Hmm. So we, we have we're going to have a lot of gaps to kind of sort of plug and fill um, mm-hmm. over this school year. And it's probably going to extend over into next that, school year. That, that next school year as well. I mean, I already do that to an extent anyway, because when fifth graders come to me, I have to review um, multiplication and division and then multiplying fractions before we can get into dividing fractions. But the thing is, I, I can't, with 100% certainty say it was either summer slide or it was because they were going too fast because again my students have disabilities and I know right. how those disabilities impact their math reasoning and calculation I know that so it's a combination of the three really mm-hmm. but again since I know that I have to be able to willing, I have to be willing to take a stand and say I'm not going to try to stick with the pacing guy. It's not realistic. Even for me as a teacher, just trying to, I like to do quality. I don't like the rush. And I, I, I was trying to, maybe for the first three and a half, four weeks of last year, I was trying to keep up. But then at some point I was like, you know what? You fell off. This ain't going to work. Because it was too much pressure for me because I was going to have to rush them. Right. You know? And I was looking at them and they were like, they were just like, I don't get it. I don't. And I was just like, you know what? Okay. And I kept saying at our, our sixth grade math um, meetings, I was like, y'all, I'm, I'm behind. We're going to be behind. That's okay. Because I know what my students need and it's not to be rushed. So it is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, and typically, and what I and what I've seen is that when you focus on those priority standards, like we talked about, they typically flow over into those other standards. Mm-hmm. So we have to. We don't talk about what should be prioritized for the kids. Mm-hmm. We just say, well, "Here's the pacing guide. Yeah. Do this and get it done." before spring break for 
my district, they give us like they give us a unit plan, right? Mm-hmm. And on the unit plan, they have the priority standards like in bold, and then they have supporting standards. But if you have like three or four priority standards in one unit, and the unit is only five weeks long, and that first week of school is really not the first week of school because it doesn't count. Because for me, I don't have a homeroom, so I don't get to see my first period students until later for like maybe 25 minutes. So that whole first week is a wash, really. Right. And then the what the third or fourth week in August is usually map testing. So again, my days are gone for math. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, yeah, it's one period, but the other math teachers still have three periods left, but I only have two periods of math. So one of my math classes, either the first one or the fourth one is always going to be behind once we get to math testing because we don't have that class time together. Right. So it's going to be interesting though to see um, what you know they're going to try to replace you know they're going to they could they're going to want to see some kind of assessment you know that right oh i i i've and i've seen the suggestions you know put out by the state but i just i don't i don't see it happening i i just think that should be on the 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 local school system to mm-hmm. figure out a way to measure what's what's happening without mm-hmm. stress being on the the students nor the right. teachers right I say we just do one map assessment at the end of the year. I'm fine with that. You can because you can, the data we get the data the next day. You can do one at the beginning of the year, and you can do one at the and end. One of the at year. the end. So skip the skip the winter one in January. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, hey, I know I know people don't like testing, but let's be real. We they're going to make us do it in some shape or form, right? Yes. So the beginning and end. Sounds good to me because guess what? I get my results the next day. Yes. So I can I can see. I can see. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like it. I wish there was something that we had in our classrooms that we could use so we could just go ahead and do it and get it out of the way. I agree. And, and, and I wonder why districts don't have ways that we can measure students across the board I you know forget grade level stuff because you have some kids in 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 sixth grade who perform on a you know fourth grade level so why not Mm -hmm. have a some kind of battery a testing battery available to measure everything Mm -hmm. it's crazy yeah it's crazy yeah well, we are at our thirty-minute mark. So, do you do you want to have any closing remarks? Well, I am very excited um, about this podcast. Um, Me too. Because I, I, I like we said earlier, there's so much that we could talk about um, that I think a lot of teachers could identify with. Mm-hmm. Um. So I'm 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 just very excited to see where this goes, and I know we have some other projects that we're working on, 
And but this is just one small piece of of what we're trying to do within the education landscape. And you know, we're just taking our we're really just taking our um <laughs> our Twitter, our DMs, our text messages and our emails, and we're putting it in a podcast so people can actually see what we've been talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we're doing. Um, I'm excited too. I I hate to say that something good came out of the pandemic, but but this is this is um, a good thing. I think everybody needed a break. Everybody needed a break mm-hmm. because we were just going full speed ahead. I know with me, I was going to work early and staying late, and I kept saying, "Okay, you can only do one or the other. You need to pick a day." But almost every single day, I was going in early and staying late, and I was just tired. I was exhausted. Mm-hmm. I was exhausted, and this made me slow down and really think about what I want to focus on. Right. And and now that I've decided on how I'm going to do the school year, I'm just going to have to be more diligent about sticking to it. So I'm going to need you to remind me every <laughs> once in a while to either go in early or stay late one day a week and then go home. And, and, and that's my thing. If you know me, you know, I coach multiple mm-hmm. sports um, and I'm trying to balance a, you know, grant program that is, you've heard me say how much it's just been, stre- especially over the summer break, how stressful it's been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I typically reserve those days where I go in to the school for like, I go in maybe Saturday or Sunday and I would stay those three or four hours prepping myself for that, that week. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's so much a lot. I think a lot of people don't understand what we have to do uh, within our profession, how much we, mm-hmm. we typically give up. Um, you tend to give up a weekend Um Cause you spend one day trying to recover from a long week. Yep. <laughs> and then Sunday is spent getting ready for the week. <laughs> exactly. So it's, it's yeah. in, in so many ways you don't, you don't have a weekend. <laughs> mm-hmm. You really don't. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. So we can tell our listeners that we don't know if this is going to be a weekly podcast, a monthly podcast. It may be very sporadic. Mm-hmm. However, we hope that you do tune in. Because Justin and I have some really great conversations when we're just um, unfiltered and just being completely honest um, about what we're doing in our classrooms. So until next time, we are signing off. Thank you. Thank you.